Hi guys, I'm going to interrupt my own programming here for a minute just to say thank you. I have been so encouraged by the notes and messages I've received in the weeks since this podcast has started. It's hard for me to even explain how fun it is to check my email or my phone and see waiting there a message from someone who's appreciated and enjoyed the show and wants to share a poem with me. Imagine going to the mailbox, opening it and seeing inside a maybe colorful envelope with real handwriting on it and it's kind of plump like there might be some money inside. That's about how I feel when I find those messages from you guys. It's actually encouraged me to write a couple emails to people out in the world whose books or translations or podcasts have encouraged me in some way. So thank you so much for sharing those things with me. It's been a huge treat. I also wanted to ask if you're willing to subscribe, share, rate and review the podcast. That will help other people who are looking for poetry to find their way to the podcast so that they can join in the fun too. Thank you. And now on to the regular show. Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hi. Today I'm going to read a poem called Recitation by Scott Cairns, and it goes like this. He did not fall then, blind upon a road, nor did his lifelong palsy disappear. He heard no voice save the familiar, ceaseless self-interrogation of the sore perplexed. The kettle steamed and whistled. A heavy truck downshifted near the square. He heard a child calling and heard a mourning dove intone its one dull call. For all of that, his wits remained quite dim. He breathed and spoke the words he read. If what had been long dead then came alive, that resurrection was by all appearances metaphorical. The miracle arrived without display. He held a book, and as he read, he found the very thing he'd sought, just that. A life with little hurt but one, the lucky gift of a raveled book, a kettle slow to heat, and time enough, therefore, to lift the book and find in one slight passage the very wish he dared not ask aloud, until, that is, he spoke the words he read. It isn't the easiest one, probably, to hear aloud, ironically, since it's about speaking words aloud, and you know that idea is something that interests me. I think if you saw it on the paper, it's a little easier to understand on the first go through, but I bet by the time I read it again, it'll sink in a little more smoothly. So there's a lot for me to love in this poem. First, the ideas within it 
it brushes against some of my favorite things to think about. For example, how this speaker, because he lingered a few extra moments with his book, and because he spoke the words aloud that he was reading, he was able to encounter what he calls a small miracle, some sort of understanding or discovery that happened because of that extra time and because of those words spoken aloud. Part of me wishes I could know what he found, what he read, what the words were. It reminds me of St. Augustine's story from his confessions. I wonder if any of you thought of that too, where he hears a distant child's voice chanting, take and read, take and read. And he picks up a Bible to a convicting passage in Romans that ends up leading to his conversion. And I imagine Cairns is tipping his hat to that story because he even mentions the sound of a child's voice in this poem. But because Cairns doesn't tell us what the words were in this instance, it allows the poem to be about the more general experience of illumination that can come when we have carved out time for stillness and for metaphorical quiet. I have here with me on my lap a sweet little book that was written a hundred years ago by a French monk named A.G. Sertolanges. I'm sure it's Sertolanges. It's called The Intellectual Life, but by intellectual he does not mean brainiac like we think of intellectual now, but more any mental, spiritual, um, creative growth or flourishing that needs time set aside for it to be able to happen. Things that aren't going to happen while you're just running errands and planning your day, making lists, but that need some space. And he writes, Sertelanger writes, All who bear a message, all poets, all seekers also, and those who are on the alert to pick up the truths that lie scattered round us, must plunge deep into the vast emptiness, which is plentitude. That's the end of his quote. And that's what we're getting a peek at here in this poem. A person experiencing the abundant plentitude that results from giving the mind and soul some emptiness to work with. The vast emptiness, which is plentitude. He also writes, all great works were prepared in the desert, including the redemption of the world. So he's pointing out even Jesus treated silence and solitude as a crucial part of his ministry. So this poem kind of rubbed up against this other book that I'm reading in a way that was interesting to me. So yes, I enjoy the ideas that this poem brings to mind, but it is after all a work of art, a poem, not an essay. So let's look at that a little bit. I like the interior setting of this poem with all the concrete details of what surrounds the speaker. Kettle, truck, dove, the child, the book, and all the sounds that those things are making. Many of um, Karen's poems have a lot of ideas in them, but they don't all have this level of concrete setting that I really enjoy. This more the more physical aspect of where he is and what's around him. I like how the pacing speeds up and gets kind of stressful and hissy when he writes the words ceaseless self-interrogation of the sore perplexed and then it slows down 
when it gets to the one-syllable words of the dove's one dull call. And to me, those words are almost an onomatopoeia. One dull call. I can just picture that sound of a morning dove. I want to leave something for you to listen for, ideas and sounds that you like. So I'm going to stop talking now. I'm just going to read this poem again and see what you hear in light of the things that I've mentioned to you and the ideas that Sir Talanger has added to this conversation. So this is Recitation by Scott Cairns. He did not fall then, blind upon a road, nor did his lifelong palsy disappear. He heard no voice, save the familiar ceaseless self-interrogation of the sore perplexed. The kettle steamed and whistled. A heavy truck downshifted near the square. He heard a child calling and heard a morning dove intone its one dull call. For all of that, his wits remained quite dim. He breathed and spoke the words he read. If what had been long dead then came alive, that resurrection was by all appearances metaphorical. The miracle arrived without display. He held a book, and as he read, he found the very thing he'd sought, just that. A life with little hurt but one, the lucky gift of a raveled book, a kettle slow to heat, and time enough, therefore, to lift the book and find in one slight passage the very wish he dared not ask aloud, until, that is, he spoke the words he read. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.